0: mm <laughs> Support for this episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. Their newly released book, MIPS Manual 2019, is available on Amazon now. This book is great for practice administrators and clinicians who need to keep up with the changing healthcare laws. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast where with each episode, we hear from different women experts in the health IT industry. We like to hear about what makes them tick, how they overcome challenges, work they're proud of, advice they would give to other women in health IT, and much more. I'm Joy Rios. And I'm Robin Roberts. Our episode today features the president of Advanced MD, Amanda Hansen. Once an AR supervisor... With the EMR company, she has moved through several roles, and now her number one goal is to be focused. Let's take a listen.
1: Yes, certainly. So I started at Advanced MD. Advanced MD is a uh, medical record, EHR, practice management, and patient engagement solution for independent physicians and providers in the ambulatory space. I started back at Advanced MD 13 years ago in 2006. And I honestly, I kind of landed here because my brother worked at the organization. And so it wasn't necessarily what I knew. It was more of who I knew. I started as an intern in our finance department. And so just recently, in fact, Yesterday was my first day on the new job at Advanced MD. Just recently I was promoted to be the president of Advanced MD. We are we service over 30,000 physicians and providers and you know in every single state in the United States and we have about 800 employees. We do about 150 million in revenue. So sitting now in my new office Advanced MD as the president was something that I never envisioned for myself I never expected this opportunity, but along my journey I've become very passionate about healthcare and Specifically about healthcare IT and a lot of that we can talk more about But a lot of that's driven by my dad in the experiences that he had being a type 1 diabetic since he was 18 months old and the, you know He passed away just over two years ago, but seeing through his eyes the journey that he lived, and in part because it was complicated because of healthcare IT and because of a lack of transparency and the lack of portability on healthcare records, every time he would go to a new doctor, my mom would have to go with him literally with a binder full of information about all of his history and healthcare, all the medications he was taking. And so seeing that and seeing the frustration and the challenges that caused for my dad during his 60-year life, you know, that's made me more passionate about the stuff that we're doing at Advanced MD. Well,
2: first of all, I want to say congratulations. That is huge to be coming. Well, thinking just, just you kind of Glossed over it, but literally starting at a company where you were an intern and now being the president, my goodness, that's huge. So, just I want to stop there and say, Congratulations, job well done.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's been such an incredible journey. As I mentioned, it's something I never expected for myself. And honestly, as I think back, how could I have expected that? I've been running M&A. For Advanced MD for the last several years, I've probably looked at close to a hundred different transaction opportunities, and only one of those transaction opportunities was led by a woman. And so to me, you know, that's, that's one of the unfortunate parts of healthcare, and specifically healthcare IT, is that there has been more of a lack of diversity in leadership positions, specifically within a CEO or a president position. And so for me, I consider it to be a great honor you know, carrying that mantle and showing the other women inside and outside of our organization that they can do it too. And it's something where I started at AdvancedMD as an intern. I've had 15 different roles at the company in 13 years. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that I've been able to do that people have been able to do for me, which put me in the position today. But overall, you know, it takes a village, it takes a community to do something really great. And so more than anything, I'm just really full of gratitude for the opportunity for global payments. We're owned by global payments for them, for believing in me, for our former CEO who just left Raul Villar. for him believing in me and and knowing that, you know, the company would be in good hands
3: under my leadership. So. You said you've held 15 different roles in 13 years. That is a lot of hats to wear. I'd imagine you know more inside and out about Advanced MD than a lot of its employees, although it sounds like you definitely give credit to those that have helped you along the way. What do you think have been some of your biggest areas of impact prior to the job you did today as president?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few things that I'm, I'm really most proud of. One of the things I decided early on when I started working at Advanced MD as an intern was that I wanted to be the person that I would want working for me if I were in a leadership position. When I got into a leadership position, I decided that I wanted to be the leader that I would wanna work for. And so I've made a significant investment in people and in relationships and understanding that every single person has something incredible and valuable to offer to an organization. Every person in our company, they vote with their feet. They get to choose every day if they want to come to work, if they want to engage in what we're trying to do or they don't. We all have our agency to choose. And so recognizing that every person has that choice, it makes it even more important for the organization and specifically the leadership in the organization to recognize those people and to show appreciation for the great contributions that they are making. And so I decided that early on. I also decided that I would take the hard jobs. And I think that is the one thing that's been able to help my career accelerate faster than any of my peers is because I signed up for jobs that I've had people who are still in the organization who told me they wouldn't touch the job with the 10-foot pole. And so some of those were back in 2000, end of 2009, we acquired a, we acquired practice one. It was a medical record software and ehr software and at the time advanced md we didn't really have an ehr solution we were mostly a practice management billing software company and so we bought it for the technology and with the acquisition we inherited about 400 customers and we decided shortly after the acquisition that we would not be continuing to service those customers and so the project that i signed up for was to notify all of the 400 customers and to try to transition them to either our solution or a different solution while we work to sunset their product. That was a hard job. It was a very difficult message to deliver and people were not excited to talk to me. Many of these customers had used this product for 15 to 20 years. It was a client server based solution And they were not excited about the change. And I remember going home several evenings just feeling the weight of these customers and their concerns on my shoulders. It was a difficult job, but we were successful and and it was a group effort. And as a result of that, it propelled my career forward. Two more things I would say I'm I'm really proud of and my experience here. One of them is I was I had the honor to be the only woman on our two due diligence deal teams when Advanced MD was sold from ADP back in 2015. And then again, we were recently sold from a private equity company, from Marlin Equity Partners to global payments and on both of those, I got to be a primary member of the deal team, working with the investment bankers on the content. And the most re- recent acquisition, global payments bought Advanced MD for $700 million. I never would have expected when I started at this company back in 2006, I think we did about six or seven million in revenue that year. We had about 60 employees that I would be on the forefront of selling a company for $700 million. And so that was an incredible experience. And the last thing which I think really taught me the value of what it's like to work with other people and what it's like to break down barriers that often exist within functional areas was we did a Six Sigma Kaizen uh, activity back when we were owned by ADP, it was called the ADP Way. And we later rebranded it to the AMD, Advanced MD Way. And it was putting together cross-functional teams across the organization, the people who were closest to customer issues and giving them really big, hairy, audacious problems and allowing them with their expertise, empowering them to fix to understand the root causes and to fix the problems, and so that was a time at Advanced MD where we really had a cultural revolution, you know, kind of grassroots campaign in order to better ourselves. And I'm I'm really I'm really proud of that, and I'm excited to bring some of those philosophies back in the organization in my new in my new role.
3: I think that's really amazing to hear about how you're really curating a new culture from all of these lessons learned over this continuum of time that you've been there in all of these different roles. And I love the way you describe taking on the hard job. Um, I remember early on in my career, there was a woman I worked with and I signed up uh, to be part of a team of a project she was dealing with. And I just looked at her and thought about how much trouble this, this, you know, in my early twenties, this department seemed to be in. And I thought, God, why is she doing this? She already has this a huge team to manage. But she said afterwards, I said, I said, I'm so, you know, after their first meeting and some of the framework she had come up with to solve the problem, she said, oh, I love dealing with things that are a mess, right, it's just an opportunity to shine.
0: Because
3: mm-hmm. she was able, and she didn't mean for herself personally, she meant the holistic improvements that would, that would be pulled through all of this work and that all of the team members that participated. Because she thought, why would I take on something shiny that's doing well, right? Like, that's to her, that was also so much harder, right? Um, and I thought, well, what a beautiful lens to see the problems and the challenges through and to hear you talk about it like that, but also as a way to accelerate to where you are now from an intern to the president of the organization is quite remarkable.
1: I think that's the exact leadership philosophy that I try to adopt, similar to the experience that you just shared, which is when you create a situation where people individually can feel like they're a part of something greater than themselves, and they feel like they're contributing, they feel like they're making an impact, they know that they're cared about, ultimately, that's really good for you. And so you know, so is it a little bit selfish? Maybe, but I feel like in my experiences here, the relationships that I've been able to build are a result of giving people a platform, trying to create a platform for them to really grow their ideas. You know, everyone intrinsically, we want to do what's, what's great for the organization and we want to be the benefactor of that. And creating a platform for people and recognizing them not the worst person to work for is the one that rolls up your work and presents it as if it were theirs and you know takes all the credit and then they love to shell off all the blame if things don't go right the best leader is the opposite of that the one who can take the bullets when things aren't going well but when things are going well they make sure that every person who was involved becomes like a shining star through it and at the end of the day that that helps you elevate yourself as well. And so I think contributing to something bigger than yourself and knowing that you, you're able to make an impact, you're able to have an influence, is one of the most rewarding things that, at least for me, it's the most rewarding thing that I get out of my work. You know, I have three little kids. I have a, a nine-year-old daughter, Lily, a seven-year-old daughter, Charlotte, a four-year-old son, Lincoln. I've got my husband, Trent, you know, Every day I come to work, I think about the opportunity cost to the things I'm missing out at on home at home. And so for me, the reward and the fulfillment that I get from work and the contribution that I know advanced MD is able to have for not only 30,000 plus physicians, but also for millions of patients is has to be more than what I'm missing out on, you know, at home. And so that's something that I always try to keep in perspective and make sure that, you know, obviously I, I can also set an example for my daughters. I can show them that there are no limits to what they can do. But it's got to be worth it, you know, because it's, it's a big ask. It's a big sacrifice. And I think women in healthcare IT and really every industry, it's something that, you know, you, you face or you think about. It's a little bit of mom guilt, But what you're doing, you have to know and you have to really believe that the outcomes and the fulfillment are worth that sacrifice.
2: I totally agree. And you know, sometimes there's something about when you support and help others to do well or empower them, that that actually shows up in your own life. Like I always experience the more that I support somebody else, it comes back to me tenfold. Has that ever not been the scenario for you? Have you ever been in a situation where somebody, you know, did show up in that, you know, um flip side of leadership where, where they didn't, you know, they, they sent the blame off, but they took all their credit?
1: So I think I, I try to surround myself with people who – are, you know, the former rather than the latter. I think about all of the people that I've hired at Advanced MDE, all of the people that I've mentored and coached. And then also on the flip side, all of the people who, the people who hired me, the people who advocated for me, you know, you don't get 15 opportunities in 13 years without people who are supportive. And so I think about those people and I would say on both ends, the one thing that was really cultivated was loyalty and respect. And I have, I have people I've hired in this organization who I believe are fiercely loyal to me and I have others who I am fiercely loyal to. And it's because we have that authentic relationship. I've seen leaders who are a little different I've seen, and I won't name them obviously, but I've seen probably at least two or three in my time at Advanced Dimity. I remember a leader coming into our finance organization several years ago who met with the team and, you know, an external hire. He met with the team and basically told them, in six months, I'm going to be a director here and you're going to get me there. So I'm really excited to climb on your backs to my success. And there couldn't have been a worse statement. There couldn't have been something that resonated less with those people because they felt like, okay, to this person, I'm just a cog in the wheel. I'm just a means to their end. And no one, no one wants to work in a situation like that. No one wants to live in a situation like that. We all want to know and feel like we're valued. Our contribution matters. We're cared about. We're making an impact. And so I have seen a few. Leaders like that in my time here, I think it's uh, it's really a backwards way of thinking to feel like you can catapult your side yourself ahead, and you know drag basically take all the credit, drag everyone down. It's really demoralizing to an organization. And so the good news is the people that I have worked with with that shared those characteristics or those philosophies you know, they're not left, they're not in the organization anymore. And I can't say that any of them are better off than where I am today, taking a different
3: philosophy. That's pretty remarkable. And I think that's a really strong characteristic for you to have as a leader, one where that or those characteristics you value. Excuse me, as a leader of loyalty and respect, because you're really, you know, building a culture that that's become a two way street. Not just in your time, but that you're leading by example with with those values. So, tell us more about what some of your goals are in this new role, Amanda, because you really have advanced MD, you know, years and years of experience. You've heard you know, you've been through, I'm sure, trials and tribulations, but also a lot of really great times, and you've identified the stakeholders, you know, the internal employees, the physicians that use your system, and ultimately, of course, the patients, uh, which should be, you know, of everyone's focus in in the healthcare industry. Tell us about what's coming up next for you guys in Advanced MD, or maybe some exciting projects you have going on currently.
1: Yeah, so we have, we have the, the joy of working in an organization with 800 people is there's always a myriad of activities. There's, you know, products that are being developed. There's new customers. We onboard close to 200 new customers a month. And you know, there's always a flurry of activity. The areas where, especially in the short term and the near term that I'm going to be most focused on are, number one, people-focused, I think, you know, we talked a lot about culture and how that's so critical. I told the the employees, the people at Advanced Simpty a couple of weeks back when I was introduced as the new president, I told them that, I, I, it's kind of a silly example, but my kids love Disney and the movie Moana is one of their favorites. And towards the end of the movie in Moana... Maui is nervous because he has his hook which gives him all his power and he's one hit away from his bro- from his hook being broken and so he tells Moana without my hook I am nothing and she tries to convince him. No, you're way more than just your hook and and he reiterates without my hook I am nothing and I compared that to advanced MD except that the opposite is actually true without our people Internally at Advanced MD, we are nothing. And that's that's absolutely the truth. Without the people that are focused on the customers, that are focused on building product, that are focused on our financial goals and outcomes, without the people who are bringing in new customers that are working to onboard and save customers that we have and provide a stellar experience, we don't have anything. And so there's often the debate whether should a company be customer focused like Amazon or should it be people focused? And for me, it's an easy decision. You have to be people focused because when you're people focused, the financial outcomes and the client outcomes take care of themselves because people are the ones driving those outcomes. So when you, when they know that they're valued, when they know that their contribution matters, when they know that they're cared about, they produce the other business outcomes that you're looking for. And so that's our primary focus. In addition to that, internally, we're focused on transparency of information, on data. We have an internal app that we have a data team that reports through our strategy organization. We have an internal app that they've built that gives information, KPIs, key results to our OKRs, our objectives and key results, it gives that information not just to the leadership team, it gives it to every single person that works at Advanced MD. So it's really transparency of information. The the worst information is the information that isn't shared in those type of cases. And then the last internal thing we're focused on really is collaboration and going back to our AMD way roots, trying to imp- re-implement Kaizen, cross-functional teams, empowering people who are closest to the issues to come up with the solutions on the issues and drive those solutions to completion. And so that's from an internal perspective, from an external perspective, advanced md has been growing at, you know, close to 20 20 plus percent rate over the last several years. And so we're consistently adding new new providers, new physicians to our platform. And so we're working to improve our onboarding experience. We're working to Expand. Historically, Advanced MD has been more focused on the one to 10 physician ambulatory space. And more recently, we've been doing feature and functionality upgrades that enable us to work with larger organizations. Now, we're staying out of acute care, but we are focused on larger, you know, 50. Plus, we have clients have several hundred physicians. And so in order to best serve them, there's features that our product needs. And so we're focused on those. And then the last thing from a product perspective is, you know, nowadays, really, a lot of physicians want their electronic health record to be more specialty oriented, where historically ours has been more general and really worked well for all the primary cares, your OBGYN, you know, pediatrics, internal medicine, family practice. And so we've actually been working on specialty cuts of our EHR to make specifically specific workflows, as well as, uh, just the the specific notes and the charting and the things that people would need within specialty care. Recently, we we rolled out a behavioral health, a mental health version of our EHR, and we're now working on a physical therapy version. And so those are some of the things, you know, at Me we're really focused on. We are, historically, we've been very focused on M&A and, you know, acquiring our competitors. We're, Not to say we're taking a step back on that, but we are going to be more client-centric and more client-focused to make sure that those who choose, just like our employees get to choose whether they want to work here, our physicians and providers get to choose whether they want to use Advanced MD. And so we're going to work to make that decision easier for them to continue to be lifelong clients.
2: That's really amazing. It sounds like, well, one, you have a lot on your plate, which is part of the job, but with the growth that you guys are experiencing, so the external marketing is kind of um, in place and working, but it sounds like the internal marketing of making sure that, you know, employees are also sort of seen as customers and really engaged in the mission and values and um, of the company in general is a major priority for you, and that's That's really great to see. Transitioning to our next question, we would ask you to put on your magical hat if anything was possible in the world of health IT, if you could snap your fingers and fix something, anything, what would it be and why?
1: So for me, this is an easy one. It's something I've actually thought about a number of times. For me, this would be the interoperability and portability of information where health systems would work better together. And I think it's, to me, it's like very personal and and it really goes back to my dad and the experience that he had. You know, my dad had two kidney transplants. He had two pancreas transplants with the latter being successful, a number of surgeries, operations. The guy probably took, you know, 50 different pills or medications a day. And he was insulin dependent for, I'm now trying to do the math, 50, probably 51, 52 years. And then his last several years, he wasn't. He was on dialysis for three years before he passed away. They, for someone like him, which he's not really a unique case, there's a lot of people who have chronic illness, chronic diseases and they're becoming more and more rampant. So for people like my dad, there's nothing more frustrating than the lack of portability, the lack of interoperability in healthcare. And so I think it's, you know, it's some it's kind of a buzzword. It's something that people talk a lot about, but I'm really into, you know, fitness trackers, devices, my Apple watch. I want everything to be integrated. I love data. I want to be able to look at, my health record. I want to own my own health record and see everything about my vitals, everything about my history. And it would make it so much easier to focus on keeping people healthy rather than trying to heal the sick. I think it's really, it's a more proactive approach to what healthcare is. And I know with a lot of the initiatives, with a lot, you know, the you have the coordination of care with population health management. With all of those things, that's, that's part of the goal. But I think if I had my magic hat, I would accelerate that, and it would be today. It would be interoperable. It would be focusing on keeping people healthy, not rewarding people for the diagnosis codes and procedures codes that made, meant that they were working with the sickest people. And so, you know, get people healthy and keep them there.
2: Well, you're in a perfect place to talk about that. I'm sorry, I'll let you I'll let you, Robin, but just thinking that you're the president of an EHR company where dealing with the, you know, promoting interoperability category, like you're very well poised to have an impact in that space. That's right. I think where
1: where we've struggled historically, I would say, is, you know, more and more there's there's the the division between your independent physicians and in your primary care and then your the ambulatory space and then the acute care space is, is really blending, right? There's not a clear cut delineation. In fact, a lot of the things like the Affordable Care Act, what they're really trying to do is drive people out of the hospitals and into primary care physicians. So it's blending even more. I think some of the really big players in this space, and I'm sure you know who they are, so I won't repeat them all, but some of those really big players in this space are less apt to work with companies like Advanced MD that are focused more on the ambulatory space. And so I think there's, they're less inclined to have that open access, that open API or HL7 interfaces so that we can have that portability of information. Where we're able to, we definitely, we really believe in the portability of information. We believe that the patients should own the records. We believe in patients engaging in their healthcare experience and really owning that healthcare experience. You know, we have some new products that we've released that help, you know, kind of a, it's beyond a patient portal. We call it advanced patient and it allows the doctors and the, the office administrators, the billing managers to better interface with patients and it allows the patients to give feedback. So similar to you know you have Yelp and you've got Google reviews and it basically allows the office to solicit feedback so that they can improve their the patient's experience as well. And so we've got those things you know we're going to continue to develop and deploy solutions that engage the patients more and I agree there's there's a ton of upside there's a ton of opportunity you know it's a it's a little bit big it's a little bit hairy it's a little bit of an audacious goal but at the same time you know it's companies like advanced md that can really help drive and move the needle to make the changes that need to happen
3: I have to say that I'm glad to hear you have a personal journey that kind of fuels your fire because when I think about the world I live in, as far as healthcare, interoperability, and information sharing and portability, I appreciate the solutions that give empower the patients or are allowed to give feedback, but as a mom of three who recently lost her son after a two and a half year battle with a rare condition that made him more than one in a million, I am so thoroughly frustrated to be within healthcare systems, nine specialists, and a PCP, where someone who understands that the framework exists, that the information can be shared safely, and you have CEOs of other companies making comments that the patients don't know what to do with it, they wouldn't know what to do with it, why does it need to happen? I'm waiting for someone to go first. I know how data is monetized, I know everyone thinks they have the best, I know it's a depreciating asset, You and I could talk for hours about this. Mm I am waiting for someone to genuinely go first because it can be done. A single patient identifier would certainly help, you know, fuel the way with more integrity. Blockchain can be assistive. But when I go to the doctor and you have to carry binders or I'm constantly repeating myself and can't focus on the issues, be it acute or chronic or something brand new, it is so disgustingly frustrating as someone that believes they should be able to navigate the system just as well as a physician, just as someone like yourself, that I am hopeful when I hear you talk about these solutions and your dedication towards them, that someone will genuinely go first. And I don't mean limited data out of an API. That's beyond frustrating. I don't need a fitness app for, you know, a quadriplegic vent-dependent child. I don't need his demographic information to interface with that. There is so much more that needs to be done in this system, especially for patients with chronic or significant conditions and significant healthcare needs. Um, But I also admire and want to nod to what you're saying about that unrelenting focus and well care. It would be amazing to see our wish come true and see people get rewarded for that because there's definitely not enough of that going on.
1: Yeah. And let me just say, I could not agree with you more. And I'm really sorry for your loss. I, you know, it's, There's nothing that gives personal relevance to what we're trying to do more than personal experience and experiencing on whatever degree that loss and that, and living that frustration. And I agree, someone's got to go first. It might as well be us, you know, and, and we, our footprint, while we think it's pretty substantial in the space that we're in and the people that we compete the other healthcare IT companies that we compete against day in and day out. In the grand scheme, you know, there's, I think I have like 1.6, like our addressable markets, 1.6 million physicians or providers. When you count all of the behavioral health and the physical therapy and all the non-physician provider space as well. And we have 30,000, right? But it starts with someone raising their hand and saying, yeah, it can be done and we're going to do it. Come hell or high water we 're going to figure it out, and at the end of the day, everyone becomes the benefactor and i agree it 's more than just apis it 's more than just demographic data switching from one you know one we we have ehR partners some of our for some of the specialty care it 's more than just us pushing the you know demographic information into the EHR and having the having the chart come back into the PM so that they can bill it out. It's way more than that. It's this comprehensive 360 view of the person's situation and what their healthcare is and what their experience has been so that people like you, mothers with ailing children and adults with ailing parents and spouses with ailing you know, a husband with an ailing wife or a wife with an ailing husband that they don't have to go continually repeat themselves and hope they're not missing a medication and hope they're not forgetting something that we can actually focus on the care. That's our goal. And so I think, you know, I, I wish it was an overnight solution. I'd like it to be. That's why I put my magic hat on for it. But I think we can get there. I really believe that. I really believe that. And honestly, with solving any complex issue, Belief is the first step you have to believe that it's attainable that it can be done Because if you don't believe that then the efforts that go into it will reflect your lack of belief And it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy You won't be able to do it because you didn't think you could do it And so it all starts with belief and I I really believe it can be done
3: So well said thank you and I don't mean to put you on the spot But I do believe you're well poised to to do it and I think it sounds like there's a lot of people working towards these things and advanced md has been at the edge of a lot of this stuff keeping up with these things so i'm glad to hear about the latest endeavors and know that that's on your wish list something else i think a lot of our other listeners are going to want to hear amanda tell us what you're reading what are some of your favorite books where do you get your info from how do you stay up with all this stuff that really is changing daily if not hourly and sometimes
1: Yes. So I would say like when it comes to the healthcare space, there's a few, you know, I sign up for a few articles and I I try to keep up with all the trends in healthcare that can be a full-time job just in and of itself. And so I rely a lot on our team on data transparency and and information sharing. But outside of that, I like to read a lot of business books. I'm I'm one of those boring people. I, I don't, I read quite a few. And then I also like to listen to several on audible so a recent book that I've read is Measure What Matters by John Doerr. We had our whole management team read it and we're really focused on objectives and key results. For me being such a data driven person, it really resonated that you know your key results are shorter term, they're measurable, they're actionable but you're really driving it towards larger objectives. And so we have, we've kind of rolled out internally at Advanced MD objectives and key results. It gives us direction and focus to know here's what we are planning to do this quarter and measure ourselves against this. And what I like about it is it's either you did it or you didn't, right? You score yourself on every key result on 0% to 100%. And it's a very objective way to look at what you're trying to accomplish. And I've taken it probably a, step further, I actually have personal OKRs as well that are well outside of and beyond work. And I'll share just one of them because I really love this book. I highly recommend it. But one of my personal ones, I really wanted to, you know, and this is before I knew I was going to be the president and all of that. But I really, I really love nature. I love to hike. I love to bike. I just, and it being in Utah is the greatest place for nature lovers. And so I really love it. And I love to drag my kids on hikes that they don't want to go on, and so I, <laughs> and they're they've become great hikers. But I decided one of my objectives for this year was to see and appreciate more of the beautiful world that God created. So that was my objective, and so then you have key results under there. So I have five or six key results that I that to me, when I accomplish those key results, it will prove that I did my objective. And so one of my key results was to hike at least 50 family hikes this year and at least 150 miles. And so we've been going, you know, we've been going all over. We were in Colorado last weekend hiking my daughters were in St. George, but my son came with us into Colorado and he he's four and he hiked 11 miles that day. So it's probably a lot for a little kid, but I think having that structure and having those goals, it really pushes you to make sure that you are living in a way that is intentional. Like we're making intentional decisions, driving towards Whatever the outcomes we're looking for whatever those are and so it's funny the running joke in my family and my extended family with my kids is I also really love national parks And so this year one of my key results under that same objective was to make sure I went to at least four new national parks that I hadn't been to before And so we just did our fifth last weekend. So we've already hit that kr but my kids when we go to, we were in Florida back in December, and we took them to Everglades, and we took them to Biscayne National Park, and we told my, my girls, we said, hey, guess what? We're going to go to a park, and they were super excited. They thought, oh, great, swing sets, there's going to be slides, there's going to be a playground, and we get to Biscayne <laughs> National Park, and my daughter, my seven-year-old, rolls her eyes, sighs, and says, oh, another national one, <laughs> and so that's, that's our joke, <laughs> They don't love the national parks as much as I do, but I think they will when they get older. And so I think even though measure what matters, even though it's a business book, I think it, you know, it's definitely applicable in, your, you know, relevant to personal life as well. And I've really tried to take that to the next level.
3: I, you read know, I was going to say, I love that you've uh, dovetailed the measure what matters into your personal life. I, I. Admire that so much. I think if that was me, I'd be reaching the end of the year and I'd be turning on the mile tracker inside of Target <laughs> as I'm dragging the girls through to shop or something the grocery store. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it's it's fun. I don't think my kids were as excited about my KR as I was, but a um, couple other ones. I just read the. It's a really short, quick read. The payoff, the hidden hidden logic that shapes our motivations, and so that was in conjunction with knowing that I was going to be promoted to this role and we have some opportunities in parts of our organization especially to make sure that we understand what motivates people and that that kind of dovetails into the people focus and being people centric that I talked about earlier and so I mean those are a couple of them I've got a bunch one of my favorites that I read recently is called winning with data um, transform your culture empower your people and shape your future. and so like i said i'm very data centric i'm very data driven that probably speaks a little bit to my background in finance and just i believe that the information's there and so why not use it to create a better experience in in whatever we're working on.
2: i'll go. i totally agree with you and it's funny that you bring up measure what matters we had another guest Uh, recommend that same book but the way that you're applying it into your personal life is really inspiring and the whole idea of having personal KPIs instead of you know just business oriented ones just seems like a very rewarding exercise to go through not just for you but for your whole family and I'm familiar with the the kids that just uh, in in our family we have um what we lovingly refer to as the mic hikes, that none of the kids want to go on. We're like, oh no, here's another mic hike. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just likes to keep going. Amanda, this has been a real pleasure to get to know you, to get to know your vision for Advanced MD, and really just to hear how far you've come and how far you have to go, because you have so much opportunity ahead of you. So if people want to find you, where would the best place for them be to look?
1: I'm actually in the process of launching a new Twitter account, but they can find me on LinkedIn under Amanda Sharp Hansen. The Sharp is a long story, so I won't get into it, but you can find me on LinkedIn under Amanda Sharp Hansen. On Facebook, you could uh, find me on there through Advanced MD's page, or you know you can also reach me up by email, ahanson at advancedmd.com.
3: Amanda, thank you so much for sharing what you're up to lately and a little bit about your journey with us and our listeners today. We appreciate it so much.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a real pleasure.
3: And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want
0: to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle Hit Like A Girl Pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybirdinc.com.